MoneyWeb now on The Money. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Turning now with Dino Sokola from Westbrook Alternative Asset Management. Dino, always appreciate the early morning time. Uh, private debt, I mean, much like private equity, but of course it is it is debt within it. This is this has become a, a, a quite a popular asset class, and particularly in this in this uh, inflationary environment, it, frankly, offering some decent yields. Yeah, good morning, Simon, and thank you for making the time. You're correct. Private debt has become one of the world's fastest growing alternative asset classes. To give you some statistics, at the moment. Private debt assets have grown uh, at a mid-teens annual growth rate and currently, in terms of at least a global view, comprise $1.4 trillion of investments around the world. And it's anticipated that private debt will become the world's second largest alternative asset class by next year. I suppose the question is, what has driven this? And a lot of it at the moment, Simon, has to do with the tough macroeconomic environment that we find ourselves in. Obviously, with interest rates rising around the globe steeply, uh, there's an associated set of impacts that are quite difficult for investors to, to to handle. The first, of course, is that there's a lot of volatility in the fixed income markets, especially in bonds, where, for example, if you have a fixed rate bond and interest rates go up, they tend to lose value. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolute yields on cash are still quite low around the world. Um, and unfortunately, there's a statistical relationship between rising interest rates and falling equities. And so I suppose... In that environment, investors are saying, well, inflation is high. We need to invest in something. The traditional markets aren't perhaps giving us what we need. What can we turn to that's different? What can we turn to that's uncorrelated? What can we turn to that is tax efficient and that can give us higher yields? And I think private debt from many of those aspects is, is ticking the boxes. And, and who, I mean, who, who are you lending to? I mean, is this uh, sort of, I don't know, I'm thinking corporates, I'm thinking, I'm thinking REITs and, and, and the like, who, who perhaps need, I don't know, duration might be shorter. What is your, your, your typical client? Yeah, it's a good question. And it depends on the geographies in which you're operating. Mm-hmm. So we as Westbrook operate in the UK and in South Africa in the private debt markets. Mm-hmm. Both of those markets are fundamentally different. The UK has a market where the traditional lenders don't really like to operate at loan tickets of less than 20 million pounds. This is because the costs of implementation are simply too high for them relative to the Mm. reward. And so in the UK, we're tending to lend a lot against real estate, where your security is a bond against the property, at a smaller ticket size and for a shorter duration. If you contrast that, Simon, to South Africa, in South Africa, the big banks are pretty good at fishing in a small pond. <laughs> and so in real estate, it's a lot harder to extract higher returns than the level of risk you need to take. And so in South Africa, we've taken a slightly different focus from a niche perspective, looking at specific industries. And those industries include things like lending to businesses who inherently themselves are lenders. The banks mm-hmm. don't like to, to lend to a competitor in South Africa. Uh, we also focus in South Africa on real estate holding companies and a little bit of niche real estate where there's too much complexity for the incumbent lenders just to handle. Your point around the security, because my next question is going to be, I mean, you've obviously, you know, if I invest into the fund, there are going to be multiple loans within it. So I'm not taking a single uh, a loan risk, but there is credit risk. And I imagine you, I mean, you and your team are, are much like bankers running those numbers. And you mentioned getting security in, in, in terms of property to, to, you're never going to reduce risk to zero, but to reduce the, the potential risks. Now, that's 100% right, and I think it's one of the fundamentals of any investment, specifically in alternatives, is that mm-hmm. you need to back an experienced investment team who have done this for a period of time and understand how to 
restructure debt, mm-hmm. how to enforce security, and how to ensure that in, in an event where things do go wrong, one is able to act in a manner that protects capital. And there's a variety of ways you can do that. One of the best, as you mentioned, is to invest through a fund yep. uh, where you have exposure to dozens of different underlying loans. And then the second is to back an experienced team where you have the ability to enforce security. And obviously, enforcing security isn't an overnight procedure. It takes time and it takes experience and it requires a manager who's done it uh, for a period of time. Your, your returns uh, your, in, in, in sterling, your, your sterling fund 9 to 10%, your ZAR fund 13 to 14%. Were these as, as, as normality returns? And I don't know if that's next year or in five years and interest rates start coming down and the like. Will these have a lag effect, but obviously also start to, to, to edge lower? Yeah, correct. So it's one of the big advantages of alternatives in the sense that they're generally seen, uh, specifically private debt is generally seen as a as an interest rate or inflation hedge investment. Mm-hmm. So in both instances, more than 80% of the loans are linked to base rates. In South Africa, it's referenced to prime. In the UK, it's referenced to the Bank of England base rates. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the loans float. But the advantage, uh-huh. I suppose, Simon, is that they float at a yield far in excess of what one can get. I, I don't think of private debt. You, you know, we must talk about trade-offs. There's no free mm. lunch in life. You don't ever get anything for free. <laughs> And uh, this is why I say it's not a case of either or. One doesn't invest only in private debt or in the traditional bond and fixed income funds. It might be a bit of both. And the reason for that is that the trade-off when making a private debt investment is that you're locked in for a period of time. So in the case of the UK, you've got to invest for 18 months. You can't get your money out for that period of time. In South Africa, it's 12 months. And then in both instances, you can give six months notice to get your cash out. So the give is that you lock in your money for a period of time, but the take is that, to your point, in the UK, 9 to 10% in sterling, if you compare that to a two-year fixed deposit, that will get you 35 to 4% in sterling. And so the return is more than double. In SA, a 24-month fixed deposit is probably at 85 to 9% in rents. Yeah. Whereas in, you know, in a private debt investment, you're now at 14 And there are other advantages as well, things like lack of correlation to the traditional markets. There isn't that volatility that you see specifically in listed bonds. Um, And by playing in clever niches of markets, what you can also do is, number one, reduce your risk profile, or at least make it different to what you're getting in the listed markets. And you can get clever with things like tax as well. Yeah, and I'd say that. And uncorrelated, I mean, the, the, the whole private investing space, equity, debt, it's that uncorrelation and that less volat- lower volatility, which is hugely important. But I also like your point, there's give and take. You give up a bit, but then you get that yield. We leave it there, Dina Zocola, Westbrook Alternative Asset Management. Appreciate the early morning insight. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.